Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. My name is Sharon Smith, and this is Iambic Poetry Podcast presents Real Poetry. I am here once again with my two popcorn snatchers, Marvin and Auntie Vice. Say what up? What up? What up? You sound enthusiastic. I am enthusiastic. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? I, I love I love mess with you, man. Well, and also <laughs> I know what you're doing, so yeah, I don't want you to. Oh, uh, it's gonna be more. Okay, well, back to our show again. Now, we're gonna talk about the real poets are gonna talk about the movie, the 2013, the 2013 film, words and pictures, starring Clive Owens, um, Juliet Benoche, 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 like the gauche, the Benoche. <laughs> Bruce Davis, uh, Valerie Tran, Tran, Tian, uh, a slew of, char- slew of characters were on this movie. And the synopsis of the movie is that uh, English teacher is basically uh, English teacher comes to get um, comes together with an art teacher, and even though they both have their own little um, demons and issues going on with each other, they both come together and find out how to put literature or poetry with art and pictures together for a prep school class and challenge. This movie here was uh, um, rated P was rated PG 13. And the director of this movie was um, Fred Sapini Sapisti. Uh, if you do not know him, he is the gentleman that basically direct who directed um, Rock Roxanne, which starred um, Stephen Mart Steve Martin, and also Six Degrees of Separation, which starred Will Smith. So he has a good track record of some interesting movies that he has done. But let's get on with this thing here. First of all, I just want to let people know that the style that they're if you ever see this movie or have seen this movie. The style that they're basically talking about, about pitch, words and pictures or words and poetry is called um, effractic poetry. Effractic poetry is when you take a picture and you try to write a description of that picture with, po- with a poem or words description, you know, basically story or whatever. And you try to get as much out of that picture as you possibly can with the words of distinction of little things like um, a um, buttery meadow or sequential words of drift and use a lot of them, um, a lot of descriptionary words to get the most out of the, the picture itself with words or paragraphs and phrases. But let's do some, let's do some crucial thoughts here. Marvin. Oh, this was such a pretentious ass movie. <laughs> I, you know what? The funny thing is, I think I would have loved this if you shown me this maybe, I want to say 10 Last years year. ago. <laughs> no, I think 21, 22 year old Marvin would have loved every second of this movie in the same way he loved Donnie Darko. Oh, okay. Because um, the main character, Marcus. He's a smart ass and every, like the way he speaks, 
everybody takes it. They don't offer any kind of quips. And he, his behavior. Oh, that, Jake. His name is Jake. Jake. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, his last, like last the, name is Martin. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Mark, Mark, Marcus. Marcus, Marcus, yeah. Marcus, yeah. Like Mr. Marcus yes. or Mark or however, like Clive Owen's character. Yeah. He behaves in a way that not a lot of people in the real world would let slide. His obnoxious behavior, the smartassery, how his lackadaisical attitude towards authority. Not that I'm saying that it's bad. Sometimes you should <laughs> act like shit's to authority, especially when it's really fucking dumb. But a lot of what he would have done would not have flown in the real world. And I'm lo- looking at it as an, a 32-year-old adult man. I would have not have dealt with that alcoholism very well. I probably would have fought with him like readily. And add on to the fact that I feel like this movie tried to make it a melodramatic of something that really wasn't all that big of a deal. You, I get that at your specific age, you want to recapture a very specific art form. And I'm not talking about um, his love interest, um, the Santos. I'm talking about him particularly, where, yes, I get it. Writer's block is a real bitch. It does happen. I'm, you're mm-hmm. talking, I'm saying this as someone who constantly struggles with that every now and then after a long days of work. But he still gets to work in a profession that matches part of his passion and i'm not saying the grass is greener on the other side but i can certainly say for a lot of people who have that passion to still work in that specific field there is still some sense of satisfaction in that so it's a little hard for me to feel for him and his especially with all things combined i don't know i feel like this movie as a whole is just pretentious as hell and it's snobby hmm auntie vice this is the one you and I are going to have the biggest disagreement on. <laughs> uh, I actually really liked it. I uh, I thought it was a realistic portrayal of an alcoholic writer um, and somebody with that level of alcohol abuse. I have known more than a dozen men who have the same level of pretension and try to pull it off in the real world. And they do. They get ignored, you know the first scene where he's in the, the teacher's lounge and trying to get, engage everybody and they're just opting out. Like they have no desire to interact so, with him and stuff. That, that huh? so basically he's playing Scrabble. No, it's uh, he starts. It's a syllable game where he's trying game. to play ABC, and you're supposed to find a word that goes along with the alphabet. But each word, at least, yeah. But the, each word must have like the same amount of syllables for something. Oh, five syllables or more. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that was so many of the men I went to grad school with. <laughs> like I, I really understood that competitive. I need to be in a literal dick measuring contest here um, to try and prove my, my brains and that I'm smarter than you. Right. So that part of it was really very accurate. Um, you know, the severe alcoholism where it's interfering with your job and it's interfering with your life. Like I see that in my real life. Um, and, you know, Benoche's character I thought was fairly off-putting um, you know and she has all these barriers set up around having RA and yeah having a, a chronic autoimmune disease sucks I can say that from experience not a reason to be a dick like that but I mean some people opt to be a dick and I get what it's like to you know fear losing what you create for your passion but in terms of prep school films and how they focus on prep school and the approach to the arts. I liked this way more than things like dead poet society. Right. Mm. Um, I thought this was, was way more 
believable in that sense. And he was on the verge of getting fired. And, you know, people were done putting up with his bullshit. Um, and this was like kind of his last ditch effort to kind of engage and stuff um, and try try to save his job. And he still didn't. Like, I found all of that very readable um, and, and very, very kind of true. And it didn't over glorify, you know, these these prep school kids like they were in it and they were really focused and driven. But, you know, as an AP kid, I got that, too. Like, you know, you'd be really into it and seeing what your teachers are doing. And this would be a really exciting project for the year. Like it read as pretty believable to me if the underlying characters are still assholes. But <laughs> most people are. <laughs> I can see that. Um, no. I I I'm I'm in between with this movie because just like just like Marvin, I called out a few a few um sections of the movie right on the right on the screen. I was like, oh, they're gonna do this move with this, and right then and there, Auntie Vive was like, you called it. It's like, yeah, I did. That's it's that predictable. Comes. I'll give you that. It's <laughs> predictable. And then I actually was I just want to praise you, Marvin, because this was. Because this was your choice, I was like, okay, this is Marvel's movie, so we're gonna. It just like just, I remember seeing it on the list. Of your sounds like you know what? I'm surprised you're giving us the choice this time, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna look. I'll die by, or I'll fall on my sword for this one. <laughs> I picked this one, and I could not stand this one. I, I just could not stand his character. It's like you draw. It's like all I could hear in my head was back in my day, a, so <laughs> a sody pop cost a nickel at the movie theater. It's like oh fuck off. Just because some kids use Twitter, I, I, I'm going to be one of those people who's like, art moves with time. People find new ways to express in many forms. And I'm going to also be one of those people who go where and agrees with Shia LaBeouf when he goes, memes can be an art in itself. Yeah, it, it can be a political statement in itself and capture a very big moment in time. People will mm-hmm. remember those little things, those Bernie sitting during the inauguration. <laughs> People remember yep. all the other little memes they said about Trump, made fun of Trump, made fun of the vac- anti-vaxxers. People remember those little moments. It can mm-hmm. be in our form in its own. And I'm going to stand here on my soapbox and say that. And to can have that portrayed in a film where someone goes, you droids and makes one of a <laughs> generation for how they interact with the world come on now man when was the last time you were at sacramento poetry center before they reorganized the board <laughs> <laughs> yeah see exactly what i mean <laughs> exactly um, what i mean there's a there was a reason i wasn't going there for a while <laughs> Uh, uh, I can... that's why i find it believable there are plenty of people who feel that way about modern forms of expression and poetry mm-hmm. well but but what his what his thing with his whole literature and poet poetry thing it seems that he he his whole passion was on the written word but yeah he was a little but a little dick being that he would uh, tell people the the history of a word i mean i, I listened to that on on the podcast of dictionary uh, word uh, word talk on the uh, Webster dictionary, they basically do a little history of the word, and he was basically doing that same thing. He's just talk about the, you know that word. You know this word here is actually means this. Aloof is actually means a um adrift. It's like eh. 
Mm-hmm. See, <laughs> and I See, love. I feel like I, that would be cool for people like us, but like in for the common world, I'm not going to sit there going, "Did you know <laughs> that so and so means this? Sharon is actually the river ferryman in Greek mythology, so you're named after a Greek myth- mythological." No one, no normal person is going to sit through that if they're not a normal. Or if they're not like a, a specific hobbyist of one specific things. How many times have you and I, Sharon, talked about Marvel movies, talked about these moments in film and why they matter, despite a lot of people and us even having superhero fatigue, but still uh, recognize great moments in those oh yeah. films. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We geek like, out. Yeah, we geek out. We can geek out over it, but still express the same fatigue. But not everybody's going to recognize the same geek out moment. They're just going to geek out over Marvel because it's Marvel, because right. it's pop culture. Right. Not everybody's going to geek out over that. So I kind of see it in the same way when he goes, aloof. Did you know aloof stems from a Dutch word because aloof means for a ship to sail off? That's pretty cool. I will admit that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. But not everyone's going to be a literature buff. Not everybody. See, and. And while I found that, you know, there, there's plenty of people who are into those, you know, nerdy things and podcasts have given lots more people access to that. The one part that I, I didn't find believable is that there were no parents complaining that he was mean to their kid. We're talking about millennials, parents. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. When DeSantos was making fun of, or not making fun, but by being super harsh on that Asian kid, although, wait, I take it back. She's no, Asian. She's, she's Asian. You ha- My Asian mother would have been, why aren't you listening to the teacher? <laughs> That's why they had to make her Asian. No, that made that shit believable. Yeah, I was but when he's to, calling, yeah. Yeah. when he's calling out his white kids on being droids, you know, some whiny little millennial is going to be in the principal's office going, you know what? This teacher called my son and it made him feel uncomfortable. And, and can you please discipline him? I bet you anything. It would have been the girl who was like, I, have you graded our first last two assignments? Yes. I'm waiting for Harvard because Harvard's grading this quarter and yeah. I'm waiting for you. you know, I bet you anything. It would have been her. I bet you anything, if this was a real life scenario, fucking, it would have been her. Straight up Karen mom coming uh, into the office going, you're fucking up my daughter's chance at Harvard. But you know what? I, and I will consent. I, I will concede to you, Auntie Vice. You, you are right in the sense of you, we, we have met alcoholics like that. We have met mm-hmm. creatives like that. We certainly do know creatives like that in the open mic world like right. that. I, I, I literally can name drop multiple people. And you are right. right. I just, for me personally, since I never kind of grew up in that setting in like the privileged prep school world, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to really empathize and put myself in that setting where it, it, and all I see there is just unbelievable snobbery. That's hmm. uh, the prep school world. Yeah, I would not survive in that world. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, did, I did pretty well in the dating scene in that world with the girls. Give me a Catholic school girl in private school. Mm. I was yeah. I, I knew how to work that in high school. Yeah. See, this didn't do well until we <laughs> moved out of the house. <laughs> wow. So, yo, so <laughs> yo, your homie was rocking a bowl cut still. I could believe it. <laughs> I want pictures. You've seen the license. Pictures. You've seen the license. <laughs> I got my real ID like a week ago, and the guy who took my picture is like, "Oh yeah, we're definitely taking a new picture." And I was like, is there any way? <laughs> "And I was like, is there any way I could keep the picture, my old picture, on the current real ID?" He's like, "No, there's no fucking way." God damn you, Biden. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so being that there were several, there were several um sub um plots in this movie. Um, one, one plot I want to talk about that 
I wonder if they emphasize a little bit too much or they over emphasize it or they basically kind of they kind of grazed it a little bit was the um was um swin swint swint was trying to get with emily and emily basically told him no i'm not i'm not interested but he kept on pushing and pushing to the point to where he became i'm not saying stalkerish but he he pursued no he straight up was no no he was and you know what here's the thing this is the one time I've seen an Asian female defend herself in a real life action movie, unlike Mulan, who did it so unbelievably. So unbelievably. Fuck you, Mulan. <laughs> but no, no, here's the thing. He kept going, my exotic beauty, and saying, Oh, like, he was a super. I, I swear to God, I was about to lose my mind in the same way I lost my mind with Mulan if she <laughs> fell for him. If she fell for him, no amount of alcohol could have saved my this world from my wrath when he called her my exotic beauty my little geisha yeah. like oh it was so fuck? bad what so the bad and then the moment she defends her like in a real believable way because you know she's a yeah. teenage girl who's still figuring herself out in a very masculine world cis white gender world in that prep school and she nearly broke out into tears. I mean, I like, I understood that pain. I understood that fear and like being at that age, like good on her. And that was a very believable way where she said no to him and ran off. Like, good job. Good job. Like, I, Well, and the way he kept fetishizing her and nobody else was calling him out on that bullshit. That's very common. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, which is like really shitty. He's like, okay, so mm-hmm. they call they don't call him out on hitting on her in such a not even hitting on her, sec- sexually harassing her in yep. a very extreme way. But then the moment he starts pushing around other kids who are like a foot shorter than him, clearly younger than him, then that's when he receives the backlash. And it, and then way worse when he fi- like it comes to a head and everybody realizes what a two faced bitch he is. Yeah, that. That makes every sense in the world to me because that mm-hmm. happens to me already at the workspace in the workspace. That happens to a mm-hmm. lot of people already. Fuck people like him. Yep. <laughs> and I applaud her, even though she's fictional. And I wish mm-hmm. this, like, well, no, because some pretty shitty sh- things happened to her. But if this was a real life person, I would have applauded her for going, yeah, good job. Stand up for fuck yourself. You. Yeah, fuck you. Don't be like Mulan and fight him off like an unrealistic way. So, what, what, what part I'm characterizing is two parts one is when um um he was they basically the principal took him into the um, office and right when mr marcus walked in he said my captain oh captain Mm -hmm. and almost got him on his side and then jake basically um did not see to that almost it took it took him almost i think it's um two scenes two or three scenes before he realized um and he also had to do that other thing, um, grab confiscate his um drawing book. But he actually did not see no point of the sexual harassment. It's like it's just kids. This is the way they act. This is he's just oh, yeah. acting like a boy. And it, and even even DeSanto had to basically look at him and also the also the principal and make sure, you know, oh y- y'all, y'all don't understand. This is no this is what guys do and what women go through. And y'all just thinking that this is just a it's a it's a little fling. He's not gonna, he's not in trouble. And she basically told him straight up, if you do, if you if you do not um 
not expel him, that'd be fine. You'll have some more work to work to do. You'll be trying to find a new a new art teacher too, and then walked out. <laughs> you know what well, I also really loved? Hmm. It for ten, maybe fifteen seconds top. Twenty, by that twenty seconds tops. One of the most realistic things I have ever seen happen in this movie, besides the girl Elizabeth. Emily, 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 putting Swint down and like rejecting him flat out was they accused the black kid first. Yeah, they fucking accused the black kid first (laughs) in a white prep school, (laughs) and his ass was literally about to get booted, and Swint would been would have got to return to class. That is true. I didn't think about that. You're right. And it's a white male teacher, you know, falling for the suck up kid because he's like him. So, of course, the sexual harassment isn't really isn't isn't really sexual harassment. It's just a dude thing. Fuck. How many times? How many times have I heard that when, you know, I've brought up sexual harassment in the office? No, you just don't get the joke. No, this is just like that's fucking every entitled asshole out there yeah exactly i mean but did you think it was prevalent for her to do the or else date me or else? i love that oh yeah, yeah no, i love so that cool. she called his fucking love and that's so cool to see that's actually so yeah. cool and i would i would certainly wish that there was more people like that but unfortunately the real world doesn't really look like that when you also have to look at the grace of your paycheck sustaining you yeah that's true i mean it just it just pointed out that he had other means mm-hmm. to get back at her. And even though the even though the picture if they put a picture up and stuff and they couldn't tell from his she she um DeSantos basically couldn't tell technically that it was his um drawing, but she knew the the act. And she was like he, he, this is this he may not have done it himself cuz I've seen some of his drawing, but I still think he 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 got somebody or he's done he's he he did this. His, this is his this is his work. This is his handiwork doing manipulation or something. And it wasn't until Jake found um you know walked up on him with him and the friend his um um Swin his friend um looking through um Swin's um drawing book that he was like, Oh, so now you're drawing up your um your teacher. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would also say of course, the investigation would have been so bare minimum yep. that it was performative in action, like in performative in its action and the way it's seen. We don't worry. We did an investigation. We did all that we could. He gets a three day suspension and a slap on the wrist. And the black kid probably would have gotten expelled. But yep. of course, of course, you would have done so bare minimum. Of course, you would not listen to the victim going, it's not him. Me and Cole have never had issues. Squint is the bun- has been the one harassing me. It could only reasonably been him. Mm-hmm. And not even investigate into what she has to say or any of her friends or witnesses from any other class that has any kind of relation to this. Like, of course, it would be so bare minimum that you want to take care of it quick as pa- possible to tell the school board and the p- parents that it was taken care of. So do you feel like it was, it was a little sweet revenge when the teacher, the art teacher told the class, there's been, there's been some foul play going on and 
we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about this picture, but I want y'all to have an idea of a person, mm-hmm. someone that just who pull, who pulled you down, and I want you to draw that person. And everyone just basically iron swing and swing, and they're like, it's, and he's I mean he's drawing something, but they're like they're all making sure that his picture is the one that their eyes looking at, and they all draw him up. They show him that that's who they got, and he walks out, um, basically tacks his picture up on the wall before he walks out the door. Which I don't know what he, I, I didn't see it, but yeah. What do you think about that? It was a nice revenge fantasy. I mean, I know in my high school, we knew which guys date raped. We knew which guys beat you up. I mean, people talked about that shit. Teachers never fucking believed you. Um, you know, hell, we had teachers who were fucking students. So, you know, it. it's a nice revenge fantasy. I can't actually see that happening but i do like that incorporation of it yeah it looked i i have a hard time really believing that something like that could happen i mean well why have a hard time believing it to be that upfront about it and not expect some petty reaction out of a child who's already shown that he's willing to be that malicious i find it hard to believe and then especially you don't fight fire with fire is the best way i can put it i don't like if i want to prove myself to be the better person in a specific situation like that professionally i don't out argue my employees or some a a staff member who needs to report to me when they want to like be defensive like that, like mm-hmm. I can't, if, if mm-hmm. I argue back, then I prove that we're in the same position Right. in a position such as hers. You want to prove yourself to be the superior. You have to play the calm route. You, I mean, at least that's how I have always done it. You have to play the route of the bigger person, unfortunately. And sometimes it doesn't exactly work that way as fun as it would be, because it's not so much that, it proves a point, but it's because it falls on deaf ears. True. We already saw that spelled out in the scene. He clearly didn't mm-hmm. give a fuck. And then afterwards, he he made a, his own revenge cartoon drawing of her. But what does it matter to a woman who is so well-established and confident in herself? That is true. I mean, it, it seemed like it, it didn't matter until she, until the teacher was, was the, the other teacher was the problem, was, was the issue that he basically wanted to call out on. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So and then then the expulsion and everything else started the initiation where even even DeSanto had when she saw the picture because the you know, the principal he saw the principal he was like I don't know if you want to see this you know it's really fun. and she looked at it and busted out laughing like really <laughs> this is all you got okay whatever <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <make> exactly <laughs> this is works work shabby anyway so what what are you gonna do take him out all right cool let's do it <laughs> took a while. For it to be happening. Um, this movie here, it one thing I didn't I, that caught my attention was the um the the poem that he that we find out later that it was his it was his son's poem that he based, that he um that he took it and actually plagiarized it as his and to, and published it, mm-hmm. even though even though he, he had a, and he had, like he had a slew of them. So I think it was all his son's poems that he based, that he turned in. I don't know if he did it for his work or just for latest literature or whatever. Uh, I looked up the person who actually wrote these poems and stuff. Uh, the gentleman, he, he was one of the writers of the, um, 
of the movie, uh, Gerald D. Um, D. Pezo, Pego. Uh, he was also he also was a writer and producer of the movie Phenomenon, um, the John Travolta movie. So um, that one poem that I think it was called uh, was it, I am a I am a poem, and he talked about being a small child and trying to basically show the description of a, of a of a poem in these ways. I don't think they've I don't think they really emphasize the whole point of um uh a fraction um of um a fra- um of making describing the poem into a picture. I was trying to figure out when they're going to do that cuz that was their assignment. And I was looking and even when they had the whole thing spread out and everything put out and stuff. I was still wondering I was like so which one is the poem and which one is the I mean which one is talking about the poem? Even the one, even the one that he jacked up <laughs> during his alcoholic little binge, that whole and then they brought it up and they put it out there. It was like it was. I didn't see. I didn't. It didn't nothing register me in saying that this was a description of what the poem was about. I mean, her even her thing was she made her her um a picture of herself. I um. Did you did you see any did you see any reckon, um, description of any of the of the works that showed that that was the a poem themselves or no to the movie? I'm sorry, I lost you in all of that. Sorry, are you? But point point thing I'm saying is that I don't I don't think they took this this point of the movie. I don't think they I don't think they characterized um, poetry uh, a fraction poetry the way they said they were doing it. I was trying to figure out myself which one of these. Oh, the who pictures. am I poem. Oh, like, but yeah. I don't think that was meant to be the whole thing. Like, I felt like that was mm-hmm. just a backdrop to drive the story. Like, they, I, I always already figured they were never going to do that. They okay. ran so many side plots that it wasn't going to happen. And I, again, frankly, if they were going to well, sh- it- show Emily's picture or her painting of herself, her self portrait, right. I was going to be completely surprised. Mm. Well, and two, they the challenge wasn't to write a poem about her painting. It's not that type of poetry. The challenge was to take a concept and express the concept either in art or in poetry. The, they were not describing a painting. She was to paint the concept. He was to write a poem about the concept. Right. And so that's where the poetry developed around. So it's it's not whether or not he described what she was working on or whatever. They were working in conjunction on a concept. No, but the remember the the students the students themselves were given an assignment to with that one poem that was a son to take that one poem and then make a make a picture out of that or or describe a picture out of that poem, which we I, I did not see through all the right. They didn't get to no. They had a few a few pieces in there. It mostly focused on his personal work, right? Um, and I did like the poetry that they included. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they didn't. You know, this wasn't a documentary on you know what they were writing about that. So yeah, they weren't going to go into any detail on that. I mean, I, even though they they kind of interrupted the whole the whole process. When you know he came, basically they had a sexual moment, but he had a drunken stupor along the way. So they had to basically put all that other, other rigmarole of, well, I'm not going to do the work now because, because you you I don't like you no more and stuff. I was like, okay, so now we're going to make it where they don't need to do the work just as long as they get back together again. That was mm-hmm. the whole point of that part. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I mean, 
Oh no, the movie the movie it did follow uh, after a while it started I could start seeing that it's following the script, it's following the line. It's, I knew where the points were it's like, okay, this is where the monologues are going, this is where the dramatic long-term music and then nobody's talking for so long was going to happen. And even during the whole end of the movie, it I did not he lost his job. This was it. She, they, I think they even told us like you're gonna bow out gracefully because he, because he basically confided and told that uh, I, conf- I basically plagiarized my own son. This is his work, mm-hmm. and uh, here's my resignation, and just let me go out peacefully. <laughs> okay, that's what you're gonna we'll do. We'll give him that for his integrity. Yeah, <laughs> that that was all they're gonna give up. So, um, so did you? Did any of this? Um, I know you like the what? What other parts did you like about the movie, uh, Monty Vice? I think we've covered most of it. I mean, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. So let's so let's go into snap judgment. All right. All right. And snap judgment. We basically rate the movie that we reviewed into increments of snaps. Three snaps. This movie gets all the praise. That black kid should not have got should not have got fugitized. He was basically uplifting as the only African kid in the movie. Woo! Two snaps. It's not that bad, but it's not that good. One snap. This movie should go into that trash can just like all that drinking vodka and stuff that he had in those in that can. And also got himself cut for. We wrote on a quarter snap increments. So we're going to close our eyes, count to three, and throw our rating. Already? Two. Three. Yeah, I got two. Open up. <laughs> All right. We get, no, no. Ah. I give it, I give it, no, I give it to, I give it to. It, it was, it, it, it had a rolling thought. All right. So we're going out with two, two and a half, no, two, quarter. two and a quarter and one and a half. Wow. You're low. Why a one and a half, Marvin? This is the first time we have disagreed on device. I'm a little hurt. On that, in that big of a range. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. I, it was personally hard for me to really connect with this. I think. It did have good pacing. I'll give it that. But for me, it's just hard for me to connect with a world I don't fully understand. And this is definitely one of those when they like in our device said it finally did hit some certain level of realism, I suppose. But man, this was just snobby at its finest. And I just can't (laughs) as a person of color who got raised dirt poor. What the fuck? What? You people live like this? <laughs> what? what, what your your fucking car is like two months worth of rent for me growing up. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, didn't you enjoy the fact that she had to basically get a hammer and a mallet and bust open her own pills because she couldn't open it? If I wanted to watch a drug act, I would have watched House. See, and I can't watch House because he's a doctor who gives a shit, which is the most made up fantasy fucking character out there. I'm sorry. Look, I do. I I already I already caretake for a mother who already goes through her own battles of like various illnesses, too. 
man, do they just like really play into the I'm independent without being independent and I can't take care of myself, but I try to take care of myself too hard. It's like bull fucking shit. <laughs> oh, no, no. I've been at that point. I would break open a bottle of painkillers. I, I just find something fucking about, arthritis is bad. I don't know. There's just something about everything in this story. I just find so unbelievable. Like I just I just can't. I just can't. How about you on device? Why'd you give it a two and a half? I mean, two and a quarter. I, I thought it was a pretty well-written rom-com and it didn't overly glamorize the uh, prep school uh, thing that so many other arts films do. Like prep school is this fantasy place everybody wants to go to. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> fuck no. And the, the pretension is, like I said, every fucking asshole I went to grad school with, every guy, that that's such a academic dude trait i just want to kick him in the nuts and that was a very real reaction for me <laughs> i can get that the reason why i gave this a two was one um on the not so on the good side i would say that it did emphasize a few uh, two good points they did have a good um uh, sexual harassment scene they did have um i, I did see and even when you're watching this um auntie vice his um, depiction of being a drunk, being an alcoholic, and excuse me, in his ways, even with his son, and even when he almost when he lost being with the art uh, the art teacher at our house, it was a lot of good depictions of that. Uh, even Ruth Torres arthritis, um, they they really they really got the acting, they really got those depictions very well on this movie. Um, I say. It wasn't that it not bad, but not that good. I say it wasn't that good because the fact that they were trying to he's basically pointed out about being a poet and you know English you know English major lit and trying to emphasize his words uh, and then emphasize art saying that well art says a thousand words while the other ones is lies. So I was like okay, uh, okay, where are we going with this? It was a little pretentious, and even at it's the very end, pretentious. And then at, even at the end, the payoff itself. Okay, she's back with the drunk. Okay, oh, he's taking AA. Woo! Oh All yeah, right. that's another one I cannot <laughs> deal with. That was not one I could deal with. Really, you're gonna forgive that easy? I mean, for some some cutesy ass post-it notes. I get it. The rule does that too, but it's just mm, no, no, <laughs> no, just no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so, so I, so I see that it, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't that good. So I had to give it that. So once again, people, we give two, two and a quarter, and a one and a half all together is a five, seven, seven, five and three quarters over nine snaps. That's like halfway, yeah, in the middle, mm-hmm. about middle. So I see that this movie. Maybe also watch it. If you do watch it, please put it in the comments and let us know how you thought of words and pictures and even Clive Owen's drunken stupor. <laughs> I am Sharon Smith. Marvin, give them your social media where they can find you. You can find me on IG at Starvin Marvin. And starting tomorrow, I guess I'm going to have to start applying to some prep schools. <laughs> I mean, I guess they'll believe me. I still look 20 despite the tattoos. <laughs> Not with that stash. Not with that stash. Okay, look, I can't shave until the 15th of this month. I know. 
So you gotta wait till then to apply. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Auntie Vice. <laughs> I'm at Auntie Vice on most social media for a list of all my links, classes, books, etc. Go to Linktree slash Auntie Vice. She has that on our Instagram too, so just look up Auntie Vice. I'm Auntie Vice everywhere. Well, Auntie she Vice. Also or- gives, I also would like to point out she gives awesome reviews on sex toys and all sexy fun related things. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying, hey, I as, may or as, may not have bought like this recommendation. Awesome lube. <laughs> yes. I may or may not have bought this awesome ass lube that I've been using recently because of her site. <laughs> This is the thing I gotta get rid of. Okay. <laughs> no, leave it in there. I need the plug. Yes. Please, after this, Anywho, buy the uh, matcha plug. It's, I mean, it's, it's funny how y'all, plug. it's funny how y'all never listen to the, the podcast because you would know if I did get rid of stuff or not. So that just shows right there. Y'all just pointed out that y'all don't listen to the podcast. After I can, how narcissistic. We were on it. Anyway. How narcissistic would it be that we listen to our own voices? Like, I I drink to the sound of my own voice. (laughs) I would think I just masturbate to it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I would think how many times you, if you had an actual drink count, you would see how many times you said Mulan. They could make a they could make a drink game out of you. Mulan. I think they should. Mulan. 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 Fuck you, Mulan. Fuck you, Mulan. Fuck you, Mulan. And now our drinking listeners are dead. <laughs> They're just dead. <laughs> they, they can't. They can't even get themselves back to the fill up the cup. After you said that many yes. times, you're supposed to do three and then stop. Let them fill it back on. and then do three more. No, you're already gone. <laughs> I am Sharon Smith, and I am big. That is I A M B I C Z I N E. We will come back once again with another show. For you next week. Next week, we probably are gonna do a tuberculosis moment. <laughs> so it's gonna be either. And here's hoping that none of us have COVID by the time we do that one. Thank you, hon. Ouch. Okay. Well, well, that, that's a that's a hard that's a hard turn. <laughs> Everyone out there, be safe. You too, Marvin. <laughs> and we will. And we will see y'all next week. Mulan. Once again. Mulan. <laughs> Peace. Mulan. Get one more in so they can drink it up again. Mulan. And we've now killed our listening base. Mulan. Okay, I'm done. Mulan. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>